everybody. Welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower here with my sister, co-host and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. How's it going? It's going pretty well. Yeah. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Welcome to Wednesday Night Case Updates. This is our weekly live stream where we give you updates on as many of the cases that we've covered and even a few that we haven't. Yeah. Um, as we can, you know, uh, we can never get everything. No, Definitely. but we have got a list tonight. Wow. We have a big list tonight. Yeah. There's so much going on. And that's but after crazy. the big update in the Valor case yesterday. So, Well, yeah, especially considering that there's more updates today. It's just happening so fast. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff happening. But they're now they're very much prepping for uh, the trial itself and for jury selection. Mm-hmm. And so we've seen a bunch of filings. Most of them are kind of, they don't really matter a lot, but they do, you know, kind of show us that they're getting, this trial is happening and it is happening very soon. Mm -hmm. So Very soon. Yeah. yeah. But that is not the only case we have updates in. No. We have updates in a lot of things. So. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's start though with Valo real quick. We're not going to do a ton, Yeah, but let's talk. Um, let's start with, uh, well, take a look at this picture that someone posted online. Mm -hmm. If you look right in the back there, that would be Lori. Mm -hmm. This is right around Burley, Idaho, uh, today while she was being transported from, yep. uh, the Madison County jail to the Ada County jail. So, yep. Transport is happening. She had to be there no later than the 24th. So yep. we got her there a couple days early. Yep. So she's, I would imagine she's at, you know, Ada by dinner. Yeah. Yeah. She She's probably there pretty close to now. Probably. The picture was taken about three hours ago. Yeah. So, yeah, she's there. Interesting things going on. Yep. So she's probably getting uh, booked right now. And I would assume there'll be a new mug shop and mm -hmm. there will be. some of those things available probably by tomorrow. But uh, yeah, mm -hmm. she's, she's checking into hell right now. She is. Yeah, yeah she is. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be as cushy as where she's been. That's for sure. Right. Janice says, can you imagine the conversation in that car? <laughs> it should be very interesting. Uh, Amy says, just in time for some Hot Pockets. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yes, yep. and it is very sad that Tammy's parents, so Tammy Daybell, uh, Chad's wife, who was also murdered and is part of this, her murder is a part of this case. Yeah. Her parents had requested um, a live stream to them directly because they're elderly and not well and want to, you know, see justice served for their daughter. And uh, mm -hmm. the judge said no. Yeah. Which is crappy. So they're going to have to try to then travel to Boise and stay there for all that time and stuff. And this, that's not fair. No. No, it's terrible. I think the victims' families get forgotten quite a yeah. lot in these situations. Well, the Woodcocks put out a very angry statement yesterday. Yeah. And said it's just a stab in the heart to them that this is going on that the, uh, the death penalty was taken off the table. And of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah. It's awful. It, it is. It, it would be very painful if it was, this was your family, you know, going through this. Yeah. Most definitely. 
everything else that was filed today is it's a lot about jury selection and uh, it's about sealing the witness list and evidence list. So we will not right. get to see that. Yep. Which we haven't seen an, anything filed in relation to the motion in limine from mm -hmm. yesterday uh, in court that was addressed mm -hmm. and the judge said that they were going to file, he was going to file that in writing, but it's possible we won't get to see it because it mm -hmm. is witness and evidence. And so yeah. it may be that that has actually happened, but it's not happening in a way that we can see it. Yep. Yep. That we won't get to know. Uh, she probably thinks she will get freed. I actually think that's absolutely true. Yeah. That is the long time. We have. Mm -hmm, is that she really believes that when, Trial is over. She'll finally be free to go home. However, Lori has no home to speak of, uh, but she does have family, you know, and so I do really think that that's true. I suspect that, that once court's over, she'll be walking out of there. I still think that. Yeah, I I do too. Um, it's pretty delusional. Well, just from but, her behavior in court. Yeah. She acts so blasé. She doesn't act uh, contrite at all. She doesn't act like a uh, like, like there's anything serious happening here? Right. She doesn't ask, act fearful or worried or anything like that. Yeah. So yeah. we shall see. But that's that's the main update with her. You know, nothing really major. They're just doing their filings right now that are for jury selection. Jury selection starts next week. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on that. We're not going to attend any of that. Uh, we won't start attending until the trial actually begins. Yeah. Yep. But I'm sure we'll get some updates from the press that we can share with you about, you know, what's yep. going on in jury selection, that kind of thing. Yep, for sure. But now we know for sure she is out of Madison County. She is. It's an interesting thing to have her gone from here. Right. Okay, so we have a bunch of stuff. One, Two really things I'm very excited about I want you to talk about, Katie. But one of them is about the, the murder of little Millie Old Crow. Yes. So tell us about that. Oh, this is such a big one and it's so near and dear to my heart. We ran our first story on this case a couple of years ago. Yeah. And this was about a little girl named Millie Old Crow or Mildred Old Crow that had gone missing uh, on the Crow Nation. And uh, eventually she was listed as a missing person. And then eventually a travel trailer had been... And like an abandoned one had been uh, seized and they discovered inside of that a tote with the body of a child in it that turned out to be Mildred Old Crow. So this is Mildred or Millie and her caregivers. So we finally, at the time, the caregivers were charged uh, in tribal court with uh, some custody and, and failure to uh, provide support stuff. Yeah, They both went to jail for 18 months and had a $2,000 fine and they're already out. And there have yeah. never been any murder charges and I've been so pissed off about it because this baby deserves justice. Yeah. Well, unbelievably, finally, a few days ago, they have both been charged. That's so fantastic. So here's what we know. 
Their names are Rosine Lincoln Old Crow and Veronica Tierza Dust. And they both had been made uh, custody or custodians of Millie because her uh, custodial parent wasn't able to take care of her. And so we, what we haven't known is what the hell happened to this poor little thing. Right. Well, now we know, according to the probable cause affidavit, that uh, they were awarded custody in March 2017. In June 2020, a call was made. She would have been three at the time. Um, a call was made to, or two, two and a half, three. Anyway, in June 2020, a call was made to Montana Department of Public Health and Human Services uh, saying that the child hadn't been seen since July 2018. Oh, man. And then another call was made. I'm off on her age. Don't worry about that. She, she was six when she died. On July 2018, another call was made had also been made. Uh, and then in November 2020, another report that no one had seen her for a couple of years. So finally, that kicked off a missing persons investigation. Well, apparently, see, we haven't known what happened during the custodial interference trial in tribal court because that's not public knowledge. That Those things don't get released to the public the way our courts typically do. And so we, we have not known what happened in that, uh, in that trial. Apparently, at that time, Tierra Dust said that she died in the bathtub. Mm. And they also said that at that time, Old Crow's brother was killed in a car accident and that they went on a several-day bender. And that's when Mill Millie died. <sighs> They also apparently said that they left her body in the bathtub for an unknown, unknown amount of time until the remains started to smell. Oh, and they dressed her, wrapped her in a plastic bag, and put her in a plastic tote, taped it shut, and then put it in that travel trailer from February 2019, or April 2019 to February 2021 when it was found. Oh, yeah. Jesus. The autopsy that was conducted found a head laceration, a right tibia fracture, and uh, evidence of habitual abuse and malnutrition. Yeah. So that's uh, <laughs> that. That's all the evidence that they have, or not all of it, but what they had in the uh, affidavit, the probable mm -hmm. cause. They are both charged with wrongful death, or or not wrongful death it's uh anyway they're both charged with murder and also with uh hiding a corpse or something along those lines so if they're convicted they both face anywhere from 10 to 100 years for, for felony deliberate homicide and then uh a fifty thousand dollar fine and then they also are charged with the felony tampering with evidence charge so it's felony deliberate homicide and felony tampering with evidence I am so excited to see this. I'm so happy yeah. that there is finally justice for Millie. Yes. It's a terrible case. It's just a terrible case. So it anyway. Is, but what, it needed to not be ignored. No. What a what an unexpected surprise. And I'm so happy for it. So yeah. thank goodness. I am too. I it's a relief to know that no one she wasn't forgotten about. Yeah. Yep. Because it sure felt that way for a while. 
Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Josh Duggar. I know no one really knows oh, about him, but Josh F. Duggar. Here we right. go. So we know a while back he got in trouble. Uh, he was found with a cell phone in federal prison. Yeah. He's in there for child porn charges. So you can only imagine what the cell phone was for. Gross jackass. Mm-hmm. So um, they have extended his sentence by two months for the cell phone. That's his That's his punishment. Is he'll serve two extra months in prison. Right. Well, part of it. I mean, it does erase his good time served. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't get. Yeah. He doesn't get his good behavior and all of that mm-hmm. stuff, but it would, it will for but now. But he also doesn't get visits from Anna for a good long time. Yeah. Because he's lost all privileges and yep. he will still stay in uh, the, uh, the higher lockdown in, uh, you know. Right. Intensive. Right. Because he's not yeah. showing. Can't be trusted. He's yeah. a model prisoner. Yeah. So yeah, yeah he's definitely still getting consequenced in the prison. Plus they've extended yeah. his sentence by two months. But yeah, the two <laughs> so. months I don't understand. I also would be curious to know if this affects his uh, appeal because his attorneys well, are out there filing his appeal at the same time he's in jail, breaking the rules with electronics. Well, I'm sure it will come up. Mm-hmm. But also, How did he get the phone? Um, you know, there's a lot of contraband in prisons and there's a lot of things. There's, there's a whole underground um, black market for stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, it happens, unfortunately, I think quite a bit more than we know. And yeah. what was he using it for? That we don't know exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't have any more charges at this point, which makes me think he didn't actually have any child pornography on the phone. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was just being used to stay in contact with his wife. I don't know. I'm guessing, but if he was texting Anna and she was texting him on what she knew to be an illegal phone, could she have charges? I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Yes, Paula, that is actually something that's come up a lot, that a guard mm-hmm. may have rented it to him. That it's really yes. the guards a lot of times that are bringing this shit in. Well, it is. I mean, there's only it one way to get it. things in, and that is mm-hmm. through staff who come yeah. and go. And so there is a question about that, yes, because they there are things that can be rented from yeah. employees. And it's, there's, mm-hmm. it's a bad deal. Yep. It is Texas. Yeah. Ugh. He said he was using it for appeals. <laughs> well, good luck there, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's not dude. allowed to have any access to the internet for. But hey, any amount time of time longer he's kept in prison, the yes. world is a safer place. So for, sure. for that, I am grateful. Yep. And this is just the beginning of little yeah. Joshy Duggar, who thinks that he's above the rules and always has, and clearly still does. Yes. So, Katie, uh, there's some pretty big news coming down with the Stephen Smith case. Oh my gosh. Let's let's hear something about that. So last week we shared with you guys a link uh, to a GoFundMe from Stephen Smith's mom, Sandy. Now Stephen Smith is the boy that died near the Murdoch property. We've talked about this into infinitum. You've got to know what we're talking about. Likely you do. And 
who he died in 2015 and it there was a very short investigation he was on a country road he was he died in the middle of the road the uh the first they said he was hit by a car or that maybe he was hit in the head by the uh a mirror of a car and they came up with literally nothing and it was a very brief investigation that turned up not very much there was one of those real quick rushed hurried under the rug a little like gloria satterfield mm -hmm. kind of situations yes and there was some talk at that point about buster murdoch now i want to be very clear we are not accusing buster murdoch but <laughs> no because he's Buster's getting super litigious about this mm -hmm. yeah He's now put out some statements to the press to leave him the hell alone. He had nothing to do with this. He doesn't want to hear about it anymore. And that's whatever, Buster, that's up to you. We're not saying that he had anything to do with it, but we are saying that he was named as uh, as someone in the area at the time. Right. And there was a, a trooper at the time that said that Buster was on their radar yeah. surrounding Stephen's case. That's all we know. Uh, but we do know that they didn't work very hard to solve this case since Stephen was buried and it was just over and they just put it to bed and his mother would really like some answers so right. after paul and maggie were murdered sled said that they were going to open up a new uh, investigation but they haven't necessarily well we thought they hadn't there hasn't really been any motion his mom hasn't really heard anything so she finally after alec uh, was was uh convicted she decided to start her own gofundme and see if she could put together enough funds to have steven's body exhumed and have a proper autopsy because yeah. there it was just completely insufficient what was done yeah it just it was treated like an accident and it wasn't yeah so she started this gofundme with the hope of making fifteen thousand dollars well a bunch of people uh who like podcasters that were particularly interested in the um Murdoch case like Mandy Matney and some of the others they really elevated her GoFundMe uh we did too uh you know <laughs> that's not for nothing but but it probably is but you know it's fine <laughs> but uh it, the GoFundMe went crazy and has is now sitting at over eighty thousand dollars and Sandy being the darling human she is has said that what she wants to do is use any money she has uh remaining for after whatever she pays for for a, a pi and, and an autopsy and whatnot to help pay for books because Stephen was a nursing student and they were a low-income family and he had a really hard time paying for his books and so mm. she wants this money to go to pay for books for college students which i think mm. is the sweetest thing i've ever that heard in my life sweet. but anyway all of that being said sled has now announced that they are treating this as a homicide yeah so there's big questions is this because they have been doing some investigating behind the scenes are they going to pay for an autopsy and go ahead and uh, get this done like it should have been done a long time ago right. a lot we don't know but what we do know is that they are now calling his death a homicide and there is an active investigation into it so yeah. really really good news we're very excited for sandy mm -hmm. and really really hoping that stephen gets justice Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it, I think any time a young person just dies like this and gets brushed under the rug, that is the meanest thing you could possibly do to their families. 
Yeah. And so for whatever happened to Stephen, we're, we're happy that there's some actual energy around seeking justice for him. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So that's what's up. Absolutely. Um, Oh boy. Hang on. I'm going to sneeze. Why don't you tell us about. (laughs) (laughs) I was just checking the Ada County roster to see if Lori is on it. Oh yeah. Uh, She's not yet, but it's, uh, it may take a little time to get her signed in. So we'll keep an eye on it. It's coming. Oh, yeah. It'll be there. It'll be there by morning. Yeah. I wanted to tell you about a new case. A grand jury has just indicted 10 people in the death of a man um, while he was in the hospital. He was in police custody, but he was in a hospital. Uh And he had... um, he was clearly having some kind of a breakdown and 10 people pinned that guy to the ground and held him down until he was dead. Yeah. It was a bunch of police, but it was also hospital personnel. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I'm going to cover this case next week. So I'm not giving you a bunch of information, but there's real George Floyd vibes here. Like they pinned him and held him down until somebody realized that uh, he wasn't breathing. And so then they jumped in and tried to shock him and do CPR and stuff. And it was just too late. They had, you know, compressed him to the point that he died because he couldn't mm-hmm. breathe. I don't know what the hell's the matter with people. I don't know why people think it takes 10 people to hold someone down. Yeah. Horrifying. So yeah. we're going to, covered that case much more in depth next week, but I just wanted to give you a little teaser that that's something that is coming. But they were just, these 10 people were just indicted by a grand jury. So this is something that happened a while back and there's been some investigation into it. And I'm really grateful that we're seeing these cases start to see the light of day. Yeah. Um, We we told you about a case a few weeks ago of a man who was experiencing a medical emergency. He couldn't stand up and the police and the paramedics sort of drug him out of the house on a sheet, laid him face down on a gurney and he died. Yeah. Didn't give him any medical care. They wouldn't bring the gurney in the house to put him on it. And then they laid him on his face and he just laid there and suffocated. Unbelievable. And the police and two paramedics just let that happen. Yeah. Just this kind of stuff is just so disgusting. And the lack of just basic humanity yeah. is just unbelievable. So yeah. we're going to cover this case in depth next week. But I just wanted you yeah. to know if you've seen anything about it. Um, they were indicted. And I, I'm really grateful for that. Good. Yeah. Right. Sadie, I, me too. Sadie says, as a mother of a child with mental health and behavioral issues, this is terrifying to me. Right. The idea yeah. that you can restrain somebody to the point of just pinning them to their death. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, I'm so, so glad that there are charges. Yeah, I am too. And I, there have to be, we have to start having, yeah. you know, there's got to be better accountability, especially for medical personnel mm-hmm. who damn well know better. And police, mm-hmm. because police are just, 
kneeling on people like they think mm-hmm. that that's okay. If you pin somebody down and hold them down, they can't expand their lungs and they yeah. die. I mean, how hard is that to figure out? I would think that's basic knowledge. Pretty basic. As and yeah. as people who have been, should have been trained in mat training in proper restraints. Well, yeah, they, they, they've they, all they had should training. training. Yeah. Uh, but th- no way ever on the planet of Earth do you need 10 people to take down one person. Hell it's no. It's such overkill. Mm-hmm. Amy said we had something similar happen where I live. The police actually drug him out of the hospital where he was trying to get help, and he died at the jail. Oh, my God. Oh. Jesus. So That's terrible. We're going we're gonna to be talking about this yeah. next week. Uh, but in the meantime, Katie, why don't you tell us about what's going on with Aiden Fucci and his um, <laughs> sentencing hearing? Aiden F. Fucci, you guys, do you remember Aiden? Is this the 14-year-old? He's hard to forget. Who murdered his 13-year-old friend, Tristan Bailey. Uh, he's 16 now. Tristan would be 15 now, I believe. Um, and he finally, right before he was supposed to go to trial... Hey, Betty, right before he was supposed to go to trial uh, a couple of months ago, he flipped things around and pled guilty. Yeah. So it's been sentencing for him this week. I'll refresh your memory here with a couple of pictures. Uh, This is Aiden and his mother because his mother also caught a charge because she grabbed his jeans when he got home and washed all the blood out of them. Yeah. And tried to help cover for him, which will really... uh, (laughs) probably rattle your uh, chain a little bit when you, I show you this video here in a second that we saw in the first day of sentencing, but this is lovely Tristan. She was a cheerleader. She was a doll. She was an absolute angel in her family. She was by far the youngest and her siblings, they're quite a bit older than her and they did an absolutely phenomenal job in court this week. Uh, the victim's impact statements have been really, really powerful. They did an amazing job. And I just, I couldn't be more uh, impressed by this family, the way the entire Bailey family carried themselves. As for the Fucci family, you motherfuckers should not get to get on the stand and give victim impact statements. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. I'm sorry. You're not victims. Maybe no. you think you are. I And I, it's not their fault that... Uh, he did this but for her family to have to listen to their bullshit on the stand i don't even know how they did his grandmother judge we're a good christian family we pray all the time and i hope you take Uh, that into account when you sentence my grandson oh my god are you kidding me what and also please don't take him away from us forever judge we know he needs to be punished, but please don't take him away from us forever. I'd like to be able to spend some time with this boy before I leave this earth. Oh, my God. Shut up and get out. Right? Oh, my God. I just cannot. I cannot. Mm-mm. I don't know how families sit and listen to that stuff without losing their absolute shit. Sometimes they do, you mm-hmm. know, when there's outbursts in the courtroom and stuff. Uh, but... That's so disgusting. One of the things we saw yesterday, a detective uh, had shared a a video, and this is just a little piece of it, of Aiden and his parents in an interrogation room. 
uh, the day after he was arrested and, and a snippet of a conversation that they had. And so I'm going to share it with you only because I think it kind of helps to share just how cold this boy, what a sociopath this boy is, that um, there is no remorse. Because that's Snapchat thing, it's all over. You're all over the internet, everywhere. It's, social media. It's on social media. You're probably gonna stay with me after we get done with this, just for your well safe being. This is serious. It's very serious. This is no joke. This is your whole life. Your whole life. And ours. And ours. And your brothers and sisters. I know for the kid goes to war. Because the kids will hurt me. no reaction at all out of that kid Nothing. but that this is this affects this is our life and and your brothers and sisters and they can't go to school tomorrow and he goes why she says because yeah. the other kids will hurt them oh well uh first of all again i have no words uh but they she did have to move she had to move and pull her kids out and put them in a different school because, uh, you know, everyone knew what their brother did. Uh, well, and she aided him. And so she aided him and has charges from aiding him. So it's hard for me to watch that video. Right. Dad's wiping away tears. Dad and mom are divorced. This is bio dad that uh, he, uh, you know, has been loosely involved here. But oh God, it's awful. Was there any reason for the murder? He still has not given any reason at all. No. His friends still, uh, you know, have said that he loved knives and talked a lot about killing somebody. And that's the best they've got. He didn't really have anything. Uh, I find out there was a reason other than he wanted to see what it felt like to kill somebody. I mean, he's a psychopath. That's yep, I think so, too. Now, there here there is a letter that he wrote to the judge. Oh, yeah. Uh, dear Judge Smith, my name is Aiden Fucci. I am 16 years old. First off, I want to say that I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all the pain I caused to the Bailey family. I'm sorry to the friends, brothers, sisters, mom, dad, and any other family relatives. I'm sorry that you didn't get to know her that long. You did not have any long relationships with Tristan, and for that, I'm sorry. For the community, I'm sorry I brought all this pain on everybody, and I'm sorry and I know my apology will not fix anything or bring her back, but I hope it helps in some way. And for my dad, I'm sorry that he had a bad spot in his work because of me. I miss being outdoors with my dad and brothers. I miss the fun we had, like four-wheeling, paintballing, going on long car trips. Dad, you made things fun, like the tarp to the four-wheeler, so when we could slide off the tarp behind. Dad, you're special because you made fun out of nothing. Love you. To my mom, I want to send my apologies as well. I'm sorry she had to move her house because people were sending threats to the house and my family and that my little brother and sister had to change schools because of me. Mom, I now I miss your lemon pepper chicken. I miss your hugs. I miss you. The longer I'm in here, the more I forget, the more memories I lose. I'll never forget you love me, Aiden Fuji. That was his uh, apology mm. letter to the court pretty, pretty it was it's all about him <laughs> yeah well and he was you know that this is defense attorneys recommend this kind of thing yeah yeah i don't think that kid's sorry at all 
yeah, that there there is sorry for what he's missing there. But yeah. 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 Yep. The one thing that uh one of the sisters did that I thought was just amazing. And I think that uh something like this could be replicated in a lot of uh, cases like this that I thought was really cool and, and powerful. She came to the stand. She put a vase or a clear glass jar on the table and she dropped one at a time, 114 teal stones into the jar. Why? Stone hearts. But because Tristan was stabbed 114 times. Jesus. So she put 114 stones to represent the 114 stab wounds that her sister endured. And then a lot of other people who came to the stand, that was allowed to stay on the stand. And a lot of other people that came added hearts to it of different colors, uh, just kind of created this piece, this memorial piece there, mm -hmm. I think, for, uh, you know, for all to, to look at and think about what happened to Tristan and well, and you think about like how long it took her to drop 114 uh -huh. in there. And then she unapologetically did it. You know, it, she wasn't rushed. She was very calculated about it. She did all of that. I thought that was pretty amazing. But uh, I, I thought that was a great idea, actually. The Bailey family was amazing. They really were. And, and the friends uh, as well. I mean, they gave them two whole days for victims' uh, statements. Well, good. They should. Yep. So uh, it sounds like the judge is taking a day off to deliberate and then the sentence will come down on the 24th on Friday. So we'll know more then because he is a, is a minor. I mean, he's only 16. He can't get life, uh, but he can get a minimum of 40 years. A minimum of 40? Mm -hmm. So it'll be 40 or more? Be 40 or more. It's supposed to be. Wow. Be 40 or more, but that at 25, the judge would never be. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. I mean, I hope he gets all of those 40 years. Even then, he'd do. be out at 56 wow. or a little less with time served, and who knows what else the courts pull, you know? So who knows? But he could be out around 50 years old. And I think that's pretty terrifying. Yep. Wow. Amy. <laughs> Amy said, excuse me, grandma better hang on a while if she wants to see him get out. <laughs> right? It's not going to be anytime soon. <laughs> this is true. Well, I hope he gets the maximum and that he, the, the thing is, since he's been in juvie, they've had a whole bunch of trouble with him making threats, death threats, uh, racial slurs, just starting fights. He's done yeah. a whole bunch of shit since he's been in there. I don't see this kid getting out on good behavior anytime soon. So there's that. But anyway, awful case. But yeah. all the love to the Bailey family because I cannot imagine how excruciating the last few days have been. No, I'm sure not. It's, I'm, I'm glad for them that this is over. Mm -hmm. People need things to be over, you know? Yeah. Up. Yeah, no surprise he's having trouble while incarcerated. No, yeah. I mean, you think about what this kid did at 16 years old. Fifth, no, 14 years or old. Or 14 years old. Yeah. Jesus, that is The insane. rules don't apply. Yep. Yeah. Well, 
I wanted to update you. You all prob probably remember, we've talked about it. We haven't fully covered this, but we've talked about it some. Um, the boy named Gannon Stosh, who was found in a suitcase. His body was found in a suitcase under a bridge in Pace, Florida. Yeah. This was a little while ago. So um, it was in 2020. His mother was arrested and charged with his murder. Oh, his stepmother. Sorry, Letitia. And um, so they're they're uh, trying to charge her. Or they're, well, they're trying to try her for his murder. And there have been a lot of problems with that because of her mental health. And so a report came out this week that, according to the latest um, sanity report provided by Dr. Dorothy Lewis at the defense's request, Stosh was in a psychotic state around the time that Gannon died. The report arrived around seven months after the defense requested an independent assessment um, and a year after previous sanity reports. So she's been reviewed um, a, a bunch of times because they really are questioning, um, is she actually sane? Can she really stand trial? You know, what are we gonna do with her? There are a lot of questions like this. Um, so there were several reports prior to this one that found her to be sane. And this is coming right before trial. And so the prosecution's really mad about it and saying that it's way too close to time for court to deal with it. And the court is actually in jury selection right now. Um, <laughs> so I don't know what's going to happen in this case, but I think that it, it's pretty clear that there are a lot of questions about her, her mental health. If, if she really even can stand trial for this. So um, what they, what they did say, you know, if you, if you remember is that he had been stabbed, shot and beaten um, in their home in January of 2020. And this was in El Paso County, Colorado. And that was in January 2020. Um, several months later, his body was found in a suitcase beneath the bridge in Pace, Florida. Uh -huh. So she had transported him that far away and left his body. She is a piece of work. Uh -huh. She is. I think they're going to struggle with her forever about uh -huh. what to do with her, where to keep her. But this latest case, this latest um Psychiatric evaluation says that she was not sane at the time of the murder. Some of the others have said she is. I don't know. It's yeah. it's a big mess. It's going to be a big mess. Oh, I this trial. Yeah, yeah. Well, I because the court had to put out an order saying that uh, they will bring her to court, come hell or high water. That if right. they have to restrain her or whatever, they'll drag her ass in there. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's going to be something. Be yeah, she's not cooperative at all so this is gonna make the Darrell brooks uh trial look like child's play probably yeah except she does have an she does have attorneys hopefully she has a better job controlling her facial uh or does a better job controlling her facial uh, expressions than gwyneth paltrow has so far but we'll oh see. my god have you guys seen <laughs> that could she look more entitled bored special if she ignorant, tried ignorant little shit came to mind <laughs> She's not doing herself any favors. She is not. Yikes. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. she moved the body two times, said she was going to represent herself. I know. I, I'm struggling with that too, Jessica. Yeah. It's going to be I mean, very she's not a well person, that's for sure. But, no. but you know, is she, was she insane at the time of the murder? Yeah. Questionable, <laughs> Janet. You know what? I thought this very same thing about Gwyneth Paltrow. She's got such an RBF because mm -hmm. she's so hungry. <laughs> did y'all see that ridiculous interview with her about how she she fasts for eighteen hours a day, drinks nothing but black coffee till noon, and then has a lunch of bone broth, which is not a lunch, <laughs> and then eats a few vegetables for dinner. It's completely ridiculous. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow has enough strength to stand up. Because she also does mm -hmm. many hours of exercise a day. Mm -hmm. Like, she is, she's not in good a good place at all. Maybe she has a yoni egg stuck where the sun don't shine. I don't know. <laughs> it's just a thought. <laughs> yes, the celery juice, right? I forgot it. She oh, yes. A lot of celery juice. I don't know why. <laughs> That, that too is a meal, probably, yeah. In her world. I've seen several um, nutritionists on social media going, don't eat like this. It will kill you. This is ridiculous. <laughs> like, this, she's mm -hmm. insane, yeah. <laughs> maybe because she's so hungry. <laughs> oh, Amy says, maybe the goop diet will become a new defense. <laughs> yes, she does the yoni steaming. It's, mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I know way more about her yoni than I ever wanted to know. <laughs> but yeah. She, I think it's mm, safe to say it is not golden. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, Katie. Uh, Probably rusty you... from all that steaming, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, actually. Uh, mm -hmm. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on in the Zacharias Anderson case? Oh, Zacharias Anderson got sentenced. All right. We talked about this case last week. This is the guy who was accused of murdering his ex's new boyfriend, uh, stalking him with his children in the car. And then uh, the guy disappeared. And, of course, they had, uh, they had his DNA in Zacharias Anderson's van and this is the 14-year-old daughter that got on the stand and got super sassy and <laughs> to that absolute bitch of a, <laughs> a defense attorney and then blurted out that uh, the gun they were asking her about had also been held to her head, which nearly caused a mistrial. And yeah, it's been quite the belligerent well, circus. Yes. That I have a video of that to remind you. We showed you this last week, but I'm going to show you again. This is the fool who did this. Yes. Reminding his daughter to zip her lip while she was testifying. Why I didn't mean, he get in trouble for that? I really don't know. Why did he get in trouble for that? Real tough to say. However, today this happened. It's a little bit hard to hear. Turn it up. Of the information, 
we a jury find the defendant, Zachariah Anderson, guilty of stalking Rosalio Gutierrez as charged. As to the third count of the information, we the jury find the defendant, Zachariah Anderson, guilty of intentional homicide for the first degree as charged. As to the fourth count of the information, we the jury find the defendant, Zachariah Anderson, guilty of hiding a corpse as charged. Boom, bitch. Well, Guilty I love this for him. Charges. Hmm. I love this for him. I love every second Shit of this head. to him. One of the yeah. things that cracked me up is that the judge gave a big talk about there will not be any outbursts or we'll drag you out of here. There was. No one drug anyone out of there. <laughs> well, this is Kyle Rittenhouse's judge, right? Yes. This is Judge Sch Schroeder. Yep. In, uh, in Wisconsin. Yep. Yeah, he yeah, did not look too upset. He was pretty stone-faced. Uh, his attorney did kind of turn finally and look at him. I'm pretty sure that'll be his first jailhouse girlfriend. The way those two have flirted with each other all the way through this trial has been beyond concerning. Gross. Uh, and hard yikes. Oh, wow. But there you have it. She's the one who did not know that if you tangle with a 14-year-old, you are definitely going to get stung. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hello. Have you not met a teenage girl before? Apparently not. She asked the daughter a question and then start turned and started talking to Zachariah. And the daughter started to answer the question. And then she sat there irritated and said, I don't even think you're listening. <laughs> Uh, I love it. <laughs> well, you will she never wasn't. be owned harder than you will be by a teenage girl. <laughs> <laughs> and and she was a rock star, a rock star on the stand. She was unflappable. But she got upset. Of course she did. This is this is so sucky. But at any rate, I'm at so happy to hear it. Own safety and well-being. Her dad mm -hmm. is going away. Yeah. Total trash. Yep. He has terrorized that poor family. So thank God. He's done. Yeah. Yep. So his yeah. sentencing will be in May. Well, hopefully he gets absolutely everything that he deserves. Yeah. I think he will. Let us hope. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, a little update in Rasheem Carter. We Rasheem Carter, yes. just, we, this was just our newest episode. Mm -hmm. um, so far, authorities are saying that they cannot determine a cause of death for him um i they don't have all of his body they don't have all of his body parts but they are saying that they cannot determine whether or not this is foul play which i just think is sad and are we ever going to see any you know uh -huh. i don't understand how being dismembered and scattered about the the wilderness isn't enough to be considered foul play Right. He didn't do that to himself. Oh, they're not saying he did. They're saying he stumbled out there high or crazy or something and just uh, got dehydrated and passed out and just succumbed. 
you know, yeah. this healthy 25 year old man. Sure. That's what happens. Yes. Uh, and then probably coyotes minorities do. in this country do. Only yes. the BIPOC community is apparently, I mean, Rebecca Plenty Wounds right here on the Fort Hall Reservation in Idaho apparently did dismember herself. According to authorities. So ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And he was fed to the hogs. But yeah, I get fed to the hogs if he just died out in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Yes. His ghost then drug his body to the pen. I just don't think so. Hard to imagine. Yeah, suicide by dismemberment. That must be a new fad. Well, it's about as, um, it makes about as much sense as Ellen Greenberg, who, you know, her death was ruled a suicide and she was stabbed like a hundred times in the back of her head. Have you ever tried to stab yourself in the back of your head and neck before? Yeah, you can't do it. I hope not. (laughs) Just in, you know, just as as an experiment. Because I tried it. Not with a knife, yeah. but, you know, because I covered that case and, and, you know, they are now have reopened Ellen Greenberg and are, yeah. are looking at this as a murder now. And we'll, we'll cover that later on. But that when you hear stories like that is, it's completely fucking ridiculous. Yeah. This shit, yeah. And we're all just supposed to go, oh, well, you're right. You, this must be true. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. No, it is not true. And we're not stupid. Yeah. Why do you think true crimers exist? And that it's yep. because of this shit. Yep. It's because a bunch of us are like, well, we're all going to need to start screaming about this till somebody does something legitimate. Yep. And keep everyone's feet in the fire for sure. Oh, Amy says, I covered a case that was ruled suicide by three gunshots to the back of the head. Three? First of all, one wow. really hard, but you think you would stay alive long enough to shoot yourself three times in the head with a functioning hand and, and capability of doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yes. Janet, um, Ellen Greenberg is the one who, uh, her, her fiance was at the gym and he mm-hmm. returned to a locked apartment. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so oh, she said, I say that in quotations. Yes. 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 That is the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So let's see. Okay. We've covered all yours, right? Yeah. I have one quick update. Okay. I have one other thing too, but go ahead. Here we go. Lori Vallow, Lori Daybell checked <gasps> oh. into the Ada County jail at 5 51 PM. Well, there we go in custody. So hopefully there's a new, uh, mugshot by tomorrow. I would assume oh, that there, there is. Yeah, I do have a little bit on our, our old friend, Nicholas Aliburdian. Oh, well, let's hear it. I have a couple of other small <laughs> things, too, but I'm always down for a good Nick Aliburdian story. I can't leave this case alone. I'm never going to leave this case alone. Someone and if bench ever makes again. it to Utah, we're going to Utah. In jail again. <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. If he goes to Utah, we got to go to that. We got to go to his trial. Yeah, <laughs> we are taking... We are taking a road trip to Utah to for at least a day of this, yeah. uh, what most definitively will be a belligerent herd circus. Oh um, he had court last week. And of course, he's still in Scotland. They're still working out the extradition stuff. It, it's When it's international, it takes forever, like yeah. years. And this is, of course, taking years. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, uh, he put up a, a big fight at the jail and refused to get in the prison van to take him to court. And the court said, ah, bye-bye. We don't care. We'll do it without you. So he got to just stay at jail, and they went ahead and did court without him. Uh, However, 
His attorney asked for an adjournment until May. The preliminary hearing is set for the 20th, but now the full extradition hearing has been moved to June 26th. It just keeps getting pushed out. But at any rate, per normal, this guy, you know. <laughs> Real and if you don't know what we're talking about, go find our coverage on it, our, our initial story, Nicholas Aliverdian. But yeah, this is the guy. Common spelling, yeah. Uh, <laughs> common spell, yeah. Aliverdian, very, very common. Nicholas Aliverdian was a man in the United States who lived, I believe, in New Hampshire that uh, faked his own death because he was just about to be arrested for uh, $200,000 worth of charges that he'd racked up on a stepfather's bunch of credit cards, as well as mm -hmm. some sexual assaults from Utah. Yeah. And so he faked his own death, uh, not very convincingly, and then yeah. moved to the UK, where it sounds like he uh, performed some more sexual assault, and mm -hmm. then was finally arrested. The police never did believe that he was dead, let's be clear, but was finally arrested because dude got COVID and ended up in the hospital in Scotland, and his fingerprints and tattoos were identified yeah Hilarious. yeah we'll yeah. talk about it. and yes paula we are going to talk about that case it's not tonight yes. but we will uh the dentist in colorado who's been arrested for killing his wife mm -hmm. he's a mormon guys yep you know and... us we'll be covering the mormon content uh yeah and he did what poisoned his wife yeah he surely did and yeah he was actually in a bishopric i think at the time mm -hmm. or was yeah he had anything anyway something like that but, yeah, we but are. that's another case we'll cover all over episode. Yep. yeah yeah don't you worry those mormons start committing crimes we're right on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> i have two other things um one is although it may seem like this is never going to be solved um they're still working on the Irene Gakwa case. We've yes. talked about I Irene Gakwa. She mm -hmm. went seeing out of Gillette, Wyoming. Um, Nathan Heitman, her trash of a fiance, um, has been, you know, is con suspected, but has never been charged in anything. She has never been found. Um, he has been arrested for some financial crimes. And it sounds like he's going to be... And some of those financial crimes had to do with using her money after she mm -hmm. went missing. Yep. Um, he uh, will be entering a guilty plea on those charges uh, on the 28th of this month. Yes. Yep. So interesting. I want, I don't know what else is going to go on with that, but we're keeping an eye because mm -hmm. we Irene, want to know what who he to claims, moved to Texas. Yeah. And yet, after she disappeared, he drained her bank accounts and closed her email accounts and changed the password to her bank account. Yeah. Because that's what you do after your girlfriend moves. Gotcha. You act hmm. like she's dead? That's not weird or suspicious at all, Nathan. No. <laughs> there are these ladies, the locals in Gillette, Wyoming, where this happened. Yes. And those badasses have not taken their foot off of Nathan's neck since Irene disappeared. Yeah. They have stalked his house. They know his comings and goings pretty much at all times. 
uh, one of them wrote me one time and gave me some pretty good info about that. Uh, they know that he works from home. They know that he door dashes uh, nearly all of his food and supplies and stuff. He very rarely leaves the house. They pretty much had his comings and goings down pat. They had a campaign recently to put signs up and down the street in all of the neighbors' yards asking Nathan where Irene is. Mm-hmm. Like they have not let up. They've been amazing. Yeah. And they're still leading searches. I have huge respect for the women of uh Gillette. They didn't yeah. even know her. No. But what they know is she's she a woman from their there town. She hadn't. Uh, but they know that she's a woman from their town that went missing under suspicious circumstances, and they're not going to shut up about it. Yeah, they're not having the shit because, no. I mean, old Nathan Hyman, he, mark my words, mm-hmm. they're going to find that he had something to do yeah. with this. Well, and she's from Kenya, and she yeah. had two brothers in the Boise area, but most of her family is in Kenya. So the locals knew that if they didn't stay loud they didn't know if anybody else would or could right. you know and her family has done all they could but of course oh, they absolutely are her brother's have, ways away yeah have done what they could but yeah i mean nobody no one else in her family lives in the gillette area right so. there to represent them yeah amy thinks we need to start a mormon crime newsletter <laughs> we have one it's it, it's a video it's a vlog it's right here um, <laughs> Janet says, speaking of Mormons, I'm putting a request in for Jared Bridegan. I'm, I'm not sure what that is, Janet. Maybe send it to us over in the group on Facebook. I'm taking it um, on. And we'll take a look at it. Uh, last thing. This is a local case to us, but this is pretty interesting. Oh, two things. We had talked a while back about how the Bingham County coroner in Blackfoot, Idaho, had been charged with a sexual assault charge. He Mm -hmm. has been found not guilty Mm -hmm. and he's back at work. And Mm -hmm. you know what he's doing? He's working. He's exhuming the body of a man um, who died on August 6th, 2021. His name is James Jimmy Roberts. And his rule, his death was ruled a a suicide, a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Mm -hmm. His family has never believed it and has really, questioned and put a lot of pressure on the coroner's office that this was not properly um, investigated. The big question is, why did Jimmy shoot himself with his non-dominant hand? And that is a big red flag in suicides with guns. People don't usually shoot themselves with their non-dominant hand. It's really hard to pull a trigger with a hand you are not used to, you know, having more control over. So we're going to keep an eye on this and see where this goes. But just mm-hmm. so you know, the coroner in Bingham County was found not guilty. We've mm-hmm. talked a lot about Bingham County because that's where Craig Rowland was, the sheriff that had to step down because he assaulted that woman and kids and, and yeah, you know, and all that stuff that happened that we've talked about a lot. And then not long after that, this thing with this coroner happened. But yeah, he's found not guilty. And now he's trying to figure out what happened to poor Jimmy Roberts. So, yeah. so we're here for it. We are here for it. We will let you know uh, as we see updates. Mm-hmm. So Janet says that's the Microsoft guy who was murdered with his kid in the car in Florida. The ex-wife's current husband was just arrested on murder charges. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll yep. look into it. I, I sent us I sent us a link. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, that's everything we have for you. 
We will be back at, in about 10 minutes. If you are a member of our YouTube channel, it is the cold read party tonight. Mm -hmm. So we will be back. We want you to bring your cold cases. Remember, they need to be at least five years old or older. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to present a case to you as well. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be great. Yeah. And, uh, oh, Kat says, what is the feeling of your local population about voice? Voices stand about cameras and its implication for the families of the victims and about removal of death penalty. Uh, it's not popular. None of oh, that is popular. Fury. People fury. Are I, I had, a, <laughs> I rarely comment on news stories because it's very much not worth your time. But I, today I thought maybe it was worth it. This guy commented and said, the judge Boyce must be a liberal because he thinks that wasting state's money is just fine in severing these cases and taking the death penalty off the table is a real lefty oh, thing to do. God, are you kidding me? And That's I was so like, stupid. Okay, fine. I'm an idiot and I'll dive in. So I gave him a brief explanation as to why this has absolutely nothing to do with politics. politics. And these are the reasons why this happened and that the judge had absolutely no choice. He laughed at my comment. <laughs> That's because he doesn't know anything about the legal system like the vast majority of people who live here. Yeah. It's very aggravating. Anyway, we got to yeah. take a little break um, and then we will be back for the cold read party. And if you're not attending the cold read party, you know, we will be back with all our usual stuff next week. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know it. We are the True Crime Squad. Be sure to like, subscribe, share, and comment. Of course, it helps us to grow. And we do appreciate tips. You can make those right over on our website at truecrimesquad.com. It does help us to drink the coffee we need to drink to do all this damn research. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so this has been another production of the True Crime Squad. You Thanks for being here, everybody. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.